This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Tuesday, September 14th. Coming up, schools nationwide are running out of bus drivers, lunch food, and even teachers. We'll hear how schools in the Kansas City area are dealing with that. Plus, thousands of Kansas families chose to keep their preschoolers and kindergartners home during the pandemic. Now they're headed to school for the first time. He's never been in school, so he doesn't have school social skills, and the place you get that is kindergarten. We'll hear how COVID-19 affected enrollment and what teachers are seeing in classrooms this fall. But first, some headlines. An ongoing shortage of semiconductor chips has caused the Ford Kansas City assembly plant to stop production this week, according to the Detroit News. KCUR's Carlos Moreno has more. Workers at the factory in Claycomo that produces the Ford Transit and F-150 pickups are being temporarily laid off. Some shifts will resume on September 20th, according to a post on the United Auto Workers Local 249 Facebook page. Since the beginning of the year, Ford motor plants across the country have idle facilities because of the computer chip shortage. The General Motors Fairfax plant in Kansas City, Kansas, has also been idle since February because of that chip shortage. Kansas State Representative Mark Samsel pled guilty yesterday to disorderly conduct in a case that stemmed from his work as a substitute teacher. Abigail Sensky of the Kansas News Service has more. Samsel will serve probation for a year, but no jail time after pleading guilty to kneeing a student in the groin and grabbing another child by the shoulders while substitute teaching this spring. Part of the agreement included Samsel apologizing to the victims, not using personal social media, and undergoing mental health treatment. The charges were reduced from misdemeanors to disorderly conduct. The Southeast Kansas Republican will keep his seat in the state legislature. We'll be right back. Renowned Kansas City trumpeter and composer Herman Mahari has found another teaching outlet as the host of the KCUR music program, The Session. Pass the ox cord and let Herman guide you through the musical roots of the African diaspora while Herman shares his favorites from jazz, hip-hop, soul, R&B, and other genres performed by famous artists as well as up-and-comers in the recording world. The Session with Herman Mahari, every Saturday night at 7 on KCUR 89.3 NPR in Kansas City. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomeen Ujia-Dean. Much of reporting on COVID-19 and schools has focused on public health measures like masks and vaccines. We've also seen a lot of stories on the mental health effects of remote learning versus in-person learning and how that affects outcomes for students. But the pandemic has also caused schools nationwide to run out of services they usually provide to their students. KCUR's Jody Fortino has been covering that issue here in Kansas City. Hi, Jody. Hi, Nomeen. Before we start, like anything that you think I needed to add to my script, my my bare bones script. I, I, I will say your script cracked me up every time. It was like, it seems like schools are running out of everything. I just, so I was like, that's the perfect way to put it. So as kind of the nation has been looking at this, like either labor, labor shortage or food supply shortage, um, schools are kind of feeling that same kind of pressure. So think like meals for kids' school lunches, teachers and bus drivers are kind of the main shortages they're facing right now. So let's talk about food first. Why is there a food shortage in schools and what are districts in Kansas City trying to do about it? So this food shortage is kind of caused by these supply shortages that we are seeing in like manufacturing plants, which are facing their own labor shortages. And that's kind of trickling down to these local school districts. So they're kind of missing either shipments of these things like 
corn, hamburger patties, you know, french fries, just kind of the regular things you would have in your kids' meal that you wouldn't put a lot of thought into. So what a lot of local school districts are kind of doing is they're making it by on just substituting. So, you know, usually um, they'd have corn this day. Oh, well, they're subbing green beans. And those kind of shifts are kind of keeping them above water for now. But um, North Kansas City is kind of unique in its situation in that it had two of its distributors kind of pull out on it this year. So it's kind of really feeling that strain that some of these other schools are not feeling because they're able to just make these easy swaps. I talked to Jennifer Knuth from North Kansas City School District. She's the director of food and nutrition there. And she says having a secure food supply is especially important this year. The whole nation needs kids to be back in school. But if they're going to be here, then we need those support systems like school lunch, you know, and school breakfast so they can learn while they're here. There's also a shortage of bus drivers. What's going on there? So that's kind of been an ongoing shortage that's been exasperated by the pandemic, like so many things. So just, you know, in short, essentially riding such a big vehicle and, you know, holding probably the most precious cargo for most parents um, is very intimidating for people, as is kind of the couple week long process it is to get your CSL certification. So, you know, it's always been kind of hard to draw people into those roles. But it's been even harder when a lot of people are kind of hesitant to go into an industry for schools when they are kind of not knowing where schools are going to end up. There's still kind of that question in the air. How long are they going to stay open if they are at all? So it feels kind of a risky industry to get be getting into for some people. And what kind of impact is that having on the school districts themselves? What kind of adjustments are they having to make to make up for that? You know, it's been kind of crazy some of the things they're doing to adjust. Um, Kansas City Public Schools had school board members, you know, going out there and picking up kids. Their superintendent, Mark Bedell, was out there picking up kids. And they just announced today that they are changing all most of the bus routes to kind of try to streamline that process to make it more efficient and hopefully help some of those shortages that they were having. They were down 17 bus drivers as of the end of last month, which put them down 17 routes and that impacted about 250 students in that district. Whereas Raytown's now telling parents to come up with like an alternative transportation route for their kids so that if one morning or the night before they call and say, hey, we have to temporarily cancel your kid's route, they have another way of getting them there. So teachers are probably the most important adults in a school, uh, but there's also a shortage of them as well. So what's going on there? Once again, an ongoing problem that's been kind of exasperated by the pandemic. Missouri has always kind of had this trouble of getting people to go into the field, especially the younger generation. There's not as much as a salary pull as you would get in other states as Missouri ranks pretty low in what it pays its teachers. And so we're kind of seeing this impact all these vacancies that we're seeing. Kansas City Public Schools had 11 teacher vacancies at the end of last month, and Shawnee Mission School District had about 20. And, you know, staffing agencies like Kelly Services, who staffs a lot of the schools here in the area with substitute teachers, are really feeling those vacancies as a lot of, you know, their substitutes that do the kind of day-to-day filling in are having to fill in these longer-term jobs. I talked to Keith Elliott, who manages Kelly Services in the Kansas City area, about what they're feeling right now. Right now, we're using a lot of our subs that are used in, in uh, used to fill daily classrooms being used to fill the vacancies that that have been left by just a lack of teachers that that they've been able to hire on a full-time basis. 
They're also seeing a lot less people who aren't necessarily in that pool of substitutes wanting to come into work. As they're seeing kind of the Delta surge, they'd rather sit out a couple weeks until they see if the case numbers are going to go down because the nature of substitute teaching is that you can just pick up the phone and decide you want to work that day or you can kind of not. So their pool is kind of shrinking in that way. And, you know, also their pool is having to kind of dedicate to these longer term roles. So pressure on those vacancies and also pressures on the substitute staffing that we have here. So what does this mean for students and families? How does this affect their school experience? Do you know? My general sense is it's a bit of scrambling for both the school districts and probably for parents as they kind of try to keep up with all these notices and newsletters that are constantly updating them on like, oh, here's what the food menu is going to look like this week or, oh, keep an eye on your school buses. Your route might have changed, Um, you know, as we kind of enter this first year back to fully like in-person classes for a lot of people. I think it's a lot of added stress on top of already the surging number of COVID-19 cases for a lot of districts. Jody Fortino is a reporter for KCUR. Thanks, Jody. Thanks, Nomeen. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomeen Ujia-Dean. Enrollment in preschool and kindergarten fell dramatically during the pandemic. This year, many kids are in classrooms for the first time, and teachers say those kids are different. Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service has more. It's morning circle time at Colvin Elementary School in Wichita. And Lisa Reeb is teaching her kindergartners how to write the letter A. Connect in the middle. In a typical year, most of Reeb's students would have a year of preschool behind them. They would have learned how to take turns, how to line up for lunch, how to recognize letters and numbers. But this year... You know, some of them don't know how to write their name. and. And they're not even, they don't even recognize their name, which is, you know, when we go and put stuff away, it's kind of hard. So, like, we might have to put pictures up so that they can see their picture. That might make it a little easier for them. Kindergarten enrollment dropped nearly 9% in Kansas last year. Preschool enrollment dropped more than 20%. That means this year's kindergartners are starting from behind. The, the body of research is uh, quite clear that quality early experiences make a huge difference. That's Amanda Peterson, Director of Early Childhood for the Kansas Department of Education. She says children who attend preschool are more likely to graduate and attend college, less likely to be arrested or struggle with substance abuse. We, we have just really good, strong, clear evidence that uh, when children have access to high-quality early childhood opportunities, which includes both preschool and kindergarten, that that really sets the stage for them to be successful later in life. It's too soon to tell whether last year's enrollment declines were a one-time blip. Kansas headcounts come on September 20th. It's also unclear how many kids who missed kindergarten will skip straight to first grade. Kindergarten is not required in Kansas. Lindsay Dries agonized over what to do with her son, Armstrong, who was old enough for kindergarten last year. They briefly tried remote school, but she ultimately opted to keep him home an extra year. Now Armstrong is six. He can already read and do third-grade math, but he's going to kindergarten at Clark Davidson Elementary in the Wichita suburb of Goddard. He's never been in school, so he doesn't have school social skills, and the place you get that is kindergarten. So I was more worried about him possibly falling behind than being ahead. One recent afternoon, Armstrong comes home from school tired but excited. He says he made a new friend on the bus, a boy with blonde hair. Armstrong likes school and even manages to keep his face mask on most of the time. 
every time I go to lunch, I um forgot to put it back on. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not fun, Mom. No, no. I lose every time. Oh, well, I put extras in your bag. And they're all gone. Lindsay Dree still worries about COVID-19. It's already prompted some school closures. When her district didn't require masks this fall, she struggled. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of friends and I just keep reassuring them that we're all making the wrong decisions because there is no right decision, right? Keeping them home is bad for their mental health. It's bad for mom's mental health. Sending them to school is dangerous. They can get sick. It's also kind of bad for their mental health with everything that's going on. You know, you can't get it right, so just do the best you can. State Director Amanda Peterson says now it's up to schools to help families feel safe and get kids ready to learn. Obviously, the challenge is greater in the midst of a pandemic, but I have no doubt that our, our Kansas preschool and kindergarten teachers are well up to the challenge. Only four of Lisa Reeb's 17 students went to preschool last year. It's been a shaky start this fall, but she's already yeah. seeing progress. Uh, oh, wait, now we're all sitting and we moved over nicely. Oh, yes, we all pushed our chairs in. All right, we all walked to the carpet. All those little things, just celebrating them because it adds up to the big picture overall. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Suzanne Perez in Wichita. The Kansas News Service is based here at KCUR. It's a collaboration of KCUR, KMUW, Kansas Public Radio, and High Plains Public Radio. It reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast was produced by Byron Love and edited by Maria Carter. You can listen to and read more of our stories at kcur.org or catch us live on the air at 89.3 FM. Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow.